Welcome to the Intentional Parents Podcast. Intentional exists to help parents in their God-given task to raise passionate Jesus followers. We exist to bring hope, help, and healing to families. Each week, we will talk about anything from parenting, marriage, lifestyle, and what it looks like to follow Jesus in our time. Intentional is made up of Phil and Diane Comer and Brooke and Elizabeth Moser. I am Brooke, and the funny thing is, we are all family. Elizabeth is Phil and Diane's daughter, so we're a family figuring this thing out together. We hope this podcast feels like you're sitting with us in our home talking about how to do this thing called life together. Elizabeth and I are your hosts. Let's get into this week's podcast. All right, for today's episode, I'm here with Elizabeth, my wife, and Phil and Diane. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hi. Uh, We're really excited about today. We get to introduce you to something that has been a huge help for uh, a lot of parents, actually. I know Elizabeth and I especially, but uh, many of our friends and anybody that has read the book or gone to any of our conferences, um, this has been one of the things that they're saying has been really helpful, and and that is something called the box. Mm -hmm. And and we're not talking about a box, a physical box that you put your child in. Uh, so please know not that. Uh, but but a, 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 an idea, a box as an idea, as a uh, tool to use um, as a parent to help your children succeed in every area. And so this has been something that's been a really great gift to us. And so uh, Phil and Diane, introduce us to this thing called the box. Yeah, you know, what you said is really true. Um, I think we've done around 50 conferences now Mm -hmm. uh, in the U.S. and different countries. And we have found pretty consistently that the box is something that parents just keep thanking us for sharing. And, and it is, it's practical and we're parents, we're always looking for tools to help in shaping our kids and into who God wants them to be. And, uh, and, and this is, this has been hugely helpful. I, I, some people even put it on the refrigerator. Yeah. You know, one pastor put it on and he thought he could improve on it. So he changed one of the words, you know, he's not my favorite, but anyway, no, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. He took your content. He's a great, he took tried to content, improve. He took it further. But I want to toss the ball to uh, my beautiful bride because Diane's the one that came up with the box. So yes. I think she's the one that should explain it. All right. It's brilliant. Go ahead, babe. Well, thanks for saying that, Phil. But the box really came out of a question of how can we discipline our children without hurting them, without causing wounds and harm and a sense of rejection. Um, And and because I know that God disciplines me in a way, Jesus disciplines me in a way that feels freeing. Instead of feeling punitive, it feels like a relief when he steps in and he speaks to me Mm. about something, some of my patterns of, of talking or attitudes or behavior. And I, and I feel set free. I feel, uh, for lack of a better word, empowered to be wow. who I really am yeah. instead of reverting back to those old ways of reacting and responding. And how could we do that for our children in cases where we discipline because we are kind of standing in, in the place of God and directly training our, our children? And so we came up with this box idea, and it's really a frame that we intentionally build around our children's lives, each of our children's individual lives, in order to offer them a a place, a safe place in which they can grow as people, as individuals, but also thrive and Mm -hmm. become more and more who they really are, who 
God intended them to be instead of just like me falling back into patterns that prevent them from really having freedom. And that's really where the box came from. It's just a mechanism, really, a, a, a way to see things in the moment when it feels like all you are is a policeman, yeah. constantly disciplining. <laughs> we know and, something and about that. instead yeah. you're realizing, okay, I'm bringing God, a God-oriented point of view mm. into my child's training and into their life in sort of a being able to bring sort of a cohesive, uh, a cooperative and a calming sense, even in those moments that feel anything but calm. Yeah. Um, into just real life stuff. Yeah. Um, it's a way of putting it all together. Everything we know about nurturing our children, um, putting it all together as a guide to make sure that all that training is creating in our child a really whole and healthy heart towards God, first of all, yeah. but also towards us as parents. Yeah. Someday they're going to be teenagers, and we want them to have a healthy um, love relationship, both both honoring and just knowing that we get them and that we mm. love them. And so that the box starts out when an infant is born just really small, really tight. Mom and dad control everything. Yeah. We, knew, we know that, and we are trying to create for them a very responsive atmosphere from the get-go. They know that when they have a need, we're stepping in there to meet yeah. that need mm -hmm. in a loving and nurturing way. That's actually a form of discipline, the fact that we take care of them. And yeah. We grow them up with a sense that they're being cherished, that they're, that they're a gift of God. Slowly, the box begins to expand as our child gets older and older. Yeah. He or she is given more freedom more autonomy while you get the joy of discovering and unfolding this beautiful person that God has put into your home. Yeah. But with that expansion, as the box gets bigger, comes a less directive approach down the road. Yeah. Less authoritarian, not authoritative, <laughs> uh, not quite as authoritative, uh, a less directive approach as your child begins to learn how to do life in your home, the way you want to shape your family. Sometimes there are times as your child gets older, even though you've been really consistent in training your child, sometimes there are going to be times when that box has to get tightened back up again. Yeah. It, it becomes obvious. Your child yeah. is melting down all the time. You're having the same to go through the same kinds of discipline all the time. It's just it's kind of gets in your face with yeah, most kids yeah. mm -hmm. when you think, okay, I, I think I need to tighten the box up here just a little bit. And then when you when that goes through, when you go through those times, instead of that being a shaming time, we as a parent just realize, okay, our, my child needs this box to be I, tightened yeah. around him or her, yeah. really to bring her back into sync with who she is. Mm. and how she thrives, how mm. this particular child thrives. And the box grows and grows and grows, and one day the goal is reached, and it's just so fun. We're we're at this place with all of our kids now. There's no yeah. box around our kids. That That is such a joyous time where you get to just be friends with each other. As we wrote in the book, um, Raising Passionate Jesus Followers, the box grows and expands until one day you reach the goal. No more box. Mm -hmm. What joy that day brings to parents. Your relationship with your children changes dramatically as yeah. you are no longer responsible. In fact, as they choose on their own to create a box of their own yeah. uh, using their values and their ideals 
for themselves. They're managed in, and imposed entirely by themselves as they're growing into their own vibrant relationship wow. with Jesus. That's so powerful. Uh, thank you for reading that. Um, that that last part right there. Um, the thing that you that stuck out to me, and I'll just say this for me and Elizabeth. Obviously, I'm sure m- much did for you as well. But um, discipline not being something that causes damage. You know, yeah, I can't yeah, even yes. think about how many the, the countless people in the world, mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. that have grown to adults, who have had um, discipline that has caused such pain. Yes. And, and just to even hear that, that we can actually mm-hmm. be disciplined without being damaged. Yes, what I, a I gift. believe that. Yeah, and, yeah. and what a gift. To, and I, I loved how you even ha- helped us see that, like that is how God disciplines us. If you've experienced yeah. God's discipline, it is uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but it's not damaging. Or I even think of the damage that is sometimes caused by a lack of discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By maybe parents who too. left things unchecked and... Um, maybe weren't as present and then their kids grow up in, into adulthood and they, they don't, don't know how to yeah. put this box around mm-hmm. their own lives mm-hmm. and it's confusing and it's frustrating and they can't control their own emotions. So I think that damage can happen both ways. Both ways. Right. Yeah. And and just for everyone listening, um, these box, this box specifically has four sides and today we're going to cover one of the sides. In the next three episodes, we're actually going to cover each side in depth to help give just awareness and really some tangible takeaways of when we're talking about this box, what does it look like? What does life actually look like when you are trying to create this kind of box for your children? But that box has four sides. And what you want to tell us what those four sides are really quick? Hey, could I interject first? Yes, please. Before we get into the four sides? Because yes. you, you know, I want to get a word in here. I, I just, the scripture came to mind as you're all talking about discipline and how we as parents, uh, we don't do it perfectly. None of us do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But God always does it perfectly. And um, as moms and dads, we're actually representing God the Father to our kids. And I like to tell dads, and we, you know, you really represent God to your child. You need a father like the father. But none of yeah. us do this perfectly. Parenting is not an exact science. No. It's, it's not a science. Not two plus two equals four. But um, God's discipline, as Diane was saying, like we discipline often and hurt our kids because we we don't do it. Uh, maybe we do it in anger or or, or we're not we're not we're doing it too strong or whatever but god always does it perfectly and that's exactly what hebrews says in hebrews chapter 12 uh it says god deals with us as with sons for what son is there whom his father does not discipline but if you're without discipline then you're illegitimate children not sons one of the ways (laughs) we know we're children of god is we he disciplines us discipline is simply training yeah and he's training us to to be to 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 be lovers of God and lovers of people, and we're training our kids in the way of Jesus. We're we're discipling our own kids. Yeah. That's our calling is to, is to help mm-hmm. them learn to follow the way of Jesus, and that includes relationships and how they treat their parents and all that. But I love this one part here. It says we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Uh, and then it says they disciplined us for a short time, as seemed best to them. Like, yeah. like we, yeah. we, we, we go, best. well, I didn't handle that one good. Oh, it seemed man. like the right thing to do. I so feel that you, to, every day, to all yeah. of you listening, hey, we all blow it, you know. We, we yeah. and that's yes, how we learn. We, we learn do. through our mistakes. Um, but then I love this. So, so we did as seemed best to them. It says here, but He, God, disciplines us for our good, that we may share. In his holiness, there's a whole passage here, but then it it says here in a little bit that when you're receiving discipline, it's not necessarily joyful, but sorrowful, but <laughs> to all those who have been trained by it, and that's really what we're talking about, the box training, is a tool yeah. of training. Afterwards, 
It yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And that's what Diana's saying. It feels good to have a good father yes. because it's never shaming. Yes. Even when God needs to use a correction, a rod of correction in our lives, it comes with such love yeah. uh, that that there's just a peaceful fruit of well, righteousness. Well, and for our good, so, you, you just yeah, said, you know, good. it's for our good. And to think with for our, you. Yeah, and for our yeah. kids. Think He's about for our kids. This is for our kids' good. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. a lot of the times people look at discipline as like, well, I guess I should discipline our kids. It's actually for their good. If you mm -hmm. love your kids, you're going to actually find yes. ways to sure. discipline them that don't cause uh, damage in the sense of hurting mm -hmm. them unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. But there is the point where any kind of discipline, as we even just read, uh, causes discomfort. And discomfort's not bad. We're in a world that's trying to constantly seek comfort as uh, as the goal. And yeah, more and more sure. seeing like, no, God's goal is not comfort. It's maybe growth. <laughs> it's growth. It's wholeness. And to be yeah. whole, there's going to yes. be some discomfort. For sure. Um, yeah, Elizabeth. You know, that word um, training stuck out to me as you guys were using kind of discipline and training hand in hand. So I just real quick looked up what is the actual definition of discipline? And the first thing that pops up is a practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we sometimes hear the word discipline and we just think punishment. And that's really not what we're talking about, mm -hmm. although that yeah. might be a small factor. But really that word training is really essential because we are really training them with that that definition being to a certain code of behavior. Well, that just made me think of the scripture is so clear of what does it mean to be filled with the fruits of the spirit mm -hmm. and all of those attributes and fruits of the spirit. We're training our kids yes. in that. Mm -hmm. We're training them in the, that code of conduct being to be a disciple of Jesus, to be yes. like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that's when we use discipline in all of its various forms, it's really to just train them what it looks mm -hmm. like yes. to live as a Jesus follower. It's brilliant, mm -hmm. babe. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. So with without further ado, what are the sides of the box, Diane? Tell us about the, the different sides of this box and, and how we've labeled them and how, how it actually works. Well, the the bottom of the box, so the foundation of a box, all of us have moved at some point yeah. and put yes. too much heavy stuff in the box, box and yeah. not yeah. not maybe reinforced it like we need to with all that tape. So the bottom of, the, of a box for a life of flourishing has got to be so strong and yeah. so stable and so secure. And what, what else would that be but Jesus? Yeah. Just Jesus. And I know we're going to talk about that today. Yeah. And then another side of the box is discipline about this, this training that we're talking. And we'll yeah. talk about the difference between punishment and discipline too. And, yeah. and what are ways that we can discipline that are healing and whole and life-giving for our children. And then another side of the box that we often forget about is order, what we like to call the discipline of order. And we'll go mm -hmm. into some detail about ordering our children's lives and and then the top of the box, this is your side of the box. I mean, yeah. this is yeah. your favorite, yeah. right? This is my favorite. Yeah. Phil's favorite. It's my yeah. favorite Yay, affection, <laughs> affirmation, and fun. Fun. <laughs> yes. Bringing it all together for our children, kind of all in the same space, rather yeah. than depriving our child of fun because they're under discipline. Or And we'll keep talking about this, but the bottom of the box, Jesus. Yeah. How do we use Jesus to be... Uh, bring him into a situation where he's a comforter, yeah. not a weapon on our side that we're shooting Bible verses at our kids yeah. and and making him almost to be the bad guy. Mm -hmm. But how do we bring him in as a redeemer? Yeah, because now you know we know that we have been redeemed. 
mm-hmm. but we're also being redeemed. Yeah. And our children are in that process of being redeemed. That To me, that brings me so much hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I, d- I, I don't sum myself up as a failure anymore because I made a mistake, because I blew it, because I did it again. Yeah. And we want our kids to get that sense too that, oh, God is redeeming me. I'm being yeah. redeemed. Yeah. Yes. And how do we bring Jesus? I mean, I yeah. think Phil is so good about bringing Jesus into every yeah. conversation, even attention. Yeah. So well, how do we bring Jesus? Well, sing songs about him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's You can talk about that. Yes. But you know, j- just a couple of words about Jesus being a foundation. Of course, he's a foundation. He's a creator of, of everything. World, yes. Col- in Colossians, it says all things were created by him and through him. And apart from him, nothing has been created that has been created. Yes. So in him was life. And so John chapter one in Colossians. And so he created our children. Yeah. He created yeah. us. He created the universe. And so uh, he's the center of everything. And he is the foundation. Of course, then his words, which are the words of God, are also the foundation. And yeah. so uh, it's not so much, you know, like Diane likes to say in our conference, the Christian way of doing life. Yeah. You know, it's it's not a program like our kids uh, when they were little. Elizabeth, you did Awanas. Awanas is great. You're mm-hmm. memorizing yeah. scripture. I'm all for scripture memory. Uh, and and it, it's a program to help people learn the word of God. But it's not a program. It's it's him. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I was thinking of Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, where um, Jesus says to his disciples, so who do people say that I am? Yeah. And uh, he has this teaching moment. And and this is, I think, in Matthew 16. And they answer. And they say, some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He goes, but who do you say I am? And Peter blurts out, by the Spirit, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, yeah. and, and Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. In other yeah. words, the Spirit has the really Spirit did, yeah. come upon you to declare this truth. And he said, and upon this rock... I will build my church. And the rock wasn't Peter. The rock was the, the confession. Yes. I am the Messiah, yes, Christ. Jesus, so yeah. he's the foundation. And so when Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, um, at the end of the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher, Jesus, he said, everyone who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus speaking, and puts them into practice. This is what we're trying to do with our kids. You share the words of Jesus and, and learn how to practice his teachings in our home. Is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the floods came. You know, this is the little kid's song. The white yeah. man built his house on yeah. the rock, right? And the yeah. rains came and the flood came and burst against that house and it did not fall. Why? Because it had its foundation Asian, yeah. on the rock. So he is yes. the rock. The foundation is the rock. So if we want a home centered on Jesus, he needs to be the foundation. So so we want to live in a way that's honoring to him. And that has to do with how we do life in the yeah. home and how we speak to each other and the kind of things we listen to. And watch so, and so let's talk yeah. about that. I think you're bringing up a great point, Phil, is how does that practically look? Because we have this box and for the rest of the episode, we're going to focus on Jesus as the foundation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I know for some listening, um, the question is going to be like, that sounds great. I love those scriptures. I relate with all of this. This is all very good in theory. But I think where this really hits home is like, well, what does that look like? You know, tonight when I go home with my kids, what does that look like? Yeah. Does it look like a Bible study? Does it look like? Yeah. What what, what are the ways that we do it? Um, And so I know for Elizabeth and I, we've had some things that we've done and and some things we do. But what what comes to your mind even right now, Elizabeth? Because I know that we've been instilling some of these things and some of these stories and and all of that. Yeah, you know, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is this looks different at every age and yeah. stage. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, but I think when your kids are small, um, I mean, starting to as soon as they can understand even a little bit of what you say, 
you know, mom, I think you reference this in the book, but you make Jesus this, a superhero. I mean, he mm-hmm. is the ultimate superhero. Our oldest mm-hmm. is a boy. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty easy to do. And he was starting to become interested in Superman and <laughs> Batman. And just as he's playing with his toys and showing them mm-hmm. to me and showing them, showing me all the different powers they have, just take that minute Jesus and say, you know who is even more powerful? <laughs> yeah. You know Jesus who's even more them. powerful than Batman? Yeah. Who, mommy? Who? Jesus. Jesus. And he has the force. It's called the Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he can zap people with exactly. It. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's as simple as that. When, you're, yes. when your son or daughter is yeah. playing with a little toy or starting to play make-believe, you just start to talk about Jesus yeah, and um, and start to, when you're on a walk, say, look yeah. at that tree. Isn't it beautiful? God made that. Yeah. And he made you and he loves you. It's just as you're going, like as you mm-hmm. are just going throughout your day talking about Jesus. It's the great Shema. It's what, yeah. it's what we talked about is foundational. Yeah. yeah. And then I think when they get bigger, um, even just, I mean, not even that big, but like five maybe um, and older you're just starting to talk about things. Hey, like if you've prayed for something, maybe you and your spouse together have prayed for something and God answered it. You tell your kids about it. Yep. Hey, mm-hmm. yeah. mom prayed for this this morning and God answered it. Isn't that so cool? Mom prayed like, for dad to have a good attitude and he did. <laughs> and he did. It was incredible. Uh, or um, an- another thing too, if they're struggling with, you know, maybe I think prime example in our home is our two oldest arguing with each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. And working through those disagreements and, you know, maybe Scarlett has said something um, offensive or rude to Duke and mm. she's having to apologize and, and taking that moment to talk about after she's apologized to her brother or apologized to me for being disrespectful or whatever it is to say, God loves you and he forgives you. He doesn't even remember it anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can't be nice to your brother without Jesus's help. So let's ask him to help you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So in, And I know it can be tempting sometimes, especially in those types of moments, to say things like, man, that is just not the way of Jesus. He would be so disappointed in the way you're speaking to your brother. Because really, that in a lot of senses, that is true. Yeah. But being careful to never use Jesus as, a weapon. Jesus as somebody yeah. to be afraid of that he's ashamed of you or to feel shame, but yeah. that, yeah. no, he's the one that empowers you to be kind. He's yes. the one that empowers you to obey your mom and to mm-hmm. be respectful. So it's just in those in those everyday small things, yeah. way smaller than a family Bible time or mm-hmm. even memorizing scripture, although that's that's all a part of it. It's even smaller than that. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, it looks like, I think even for us, we, we pray with our kids before bed as just a simple mm-hmm. practice because it's just an easy time where there's quiet for a minute. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Birdie, our third one, uh, she's very, she needs routine for to thrive. Um, and I think most kids need routine, but she especially does. And I, I'm the one that usually puts the kids to bed. Uh, I, I love it. <laughs> I, I do enjoy it, but it's it's also becoming a lot of work with four kids. It's the time, <laughs> the amount of time that I have to set aside to put yes. all kids down has now become True. quite extensive. But um, Birdie, always the same thing. She knows like when I start praying over her, she's just calm. She's like, and she always asks, are you praying? Like, yes, I'm praying. And then the, her last thing she says is to me, like as a question, like no more talking. Like, yes, no more talking to uh-huh. bed. And then right after that, it's always, hey, I have a question. And, <laughs> and then the question is never actually a question. It's a Just statement. A yeah, it's like, hey, I have a question. This is my bed. You know, there's things like that. But I think there's those little bedtime moments um, just to remind your kids like that. We pray all the time. We talk to Jesus all the time, whether it's before bed, whether it's uh, as we're walking around, like there's just a constant conversation of Jesus. And yes. I know that's that's something that we still fail in. I mean, I think we could probably oh, yeah. include Jesus a lot more, but I know that we are trying that um, as much as we can. But Phil and Diane, that kind of made me think about 
as you guys were raising your kids and and even one of them is sitting here now, but you know, what were some of the things that you did practically to just try to infuse Jesus into just the very normal things that you guys do? Well, a couple of things cut to mind. Elizabeth and I were talking about yesterday whenever we heard an ambulance going by. We were yeah. out driving and an ambulance would go by. I'm not even sure how this started. Mm -hmm. Maybe one of the kids started it. The kids would be in the car and we would just start praying out loud. We wouldn't say, let's pray for this person. We just, somebody would start praying out loud for just imagining our mind. An ambulance represents fear and pain and loss and praying for that whole situation. And what did yeah. you say, Elizabeth? Now? Oh, I said still to this day when an ambulance goes by and I don't stop and pray, I feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Not but I, I remember that growing up, that it was always just, and a few of us would pray, like just praying yeah. for yeah. whatever the situation that ambulance yeah. was going to. One way I did it was, uh, you know, I love to rock when the kids are little, you know, yeah. one year old or whatever, rocking them to sleep yeah. with songs about them. And I would sing hymns and songs and the goofy song I made up called the monkey song. Yeah. It gets to Jesus eventually. Uh, yeah. But I think music has a power, a soothing power. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we pray in his name. We sing songs about him. And uh, and then creation, of course. Like I remember your sister, Rebecca Elizabeth, one day we were driving. She goes, look, mommy, God is painting again. Mm, well, yeah. you know, and I, it just it's etched on my mind when she said that. I, I never said that in my life ever. But that was because she was alert to God's creation. Yeah. yeah. And what did you text us the other day about Birdie, Elizabeth? Oh, she sometimes takes a while to fall asleep. It takes her a while for her mind to kind of wind down. And I heard her singing something. So I went up to listen, kind of put my, my ear to the door. And she was singing her verse of the monkey song, which we <laughs> talked about, um, that Pops taught her. And then she went straight into Jesus' name above all names. That's because that's, that's, I segue that. into that every time. Yeah. That's how the yeah. end. There's key changes yes. in everything. You, you go from the monkey to Jesus. Everything goes to yep. Jesus. Yeah. Yep. And I think some kids are just more perceptive and sensitive yes. to music than others. Yes. And that's not a legalistic thing. And I know like I, I personally am, am sensitive to music and I, my heart responds to worship music mm -hmm. and it can be super cheesy and like not cool in any way. And my I husband's a musician I and he can't like deal. can't even handle most Christian music. No, I like worship, it, yeah. but Christian music's a whole different thing. <laughs> totally. I'm talking about worship music. Yeah, and I love but worship. But so yes. I, it, I, my soul responds to it. So I kind of have it playing in the house a lot during the day while you're at work, babe. Um, I love Jesus. I, I do. Know, I know you do. Um, but like our three-year-old, Brady, she is already picking up on that and she's singing those songs yeah. all the time yeah. and then yeah. asking me to sing them and then mm -hmm. telling me I don't sound like Vanessa who sings at church every Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> but um, some kids just really respond to that. So even mm -hmm. just watching for that, and maybe mm -hmm. you have a kid in your home who really benefits from you playing music mm -hmm. that's about yeah, absolutely. Jesus. Yep. And then others just want to listen to the latest yeah. <laughs> pop music <laughs> and dance but like Scarlett. Here's yeah. I think that I think that we need to keep in mind that we as parents are introducing who Jesus is to our parents, yeah. our children. Yeah, yeah. And so we want to, on purpose, paint a compelling picture of Jesus. Yes. Lest he get by accident kind of filled in with other yes. people's perspective as maybe cold and distant or, or present, but watching if they do something wrong or we're constantly being aware of how how we're presenting Jesus. To a child who's fearful, we yeah. present him as the safe place that we run into, yes. a safe tower. We we use his names even to to 
help them to understand that when they're afraid, sure, mom and dad are going to be there and be responsive, but ultimately it's Jesus. Or to a child who's angry, Jesus is one who understands what's behind the anger and is not mad at them in return. So we're constantly, to a young boy, he's powerful. You know, um, the time that your son Duke painted, uh, I mean, colored in the picture that on Easter, actually, of Jesus in the gown. He didn't like that feminine looking picture. So he, he painted it more like the robe was black mm-hmm. and then put a lightsaber in his he hand. Yes. Lightsaber. He just powered. Jesus. Jedi Force. Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Star Wars Jesus. Star Wars, Star Wars Jesus. important to him. Yeah. And, and so we're constantly being kind of alert to what, what facet of Jesus are we um, putting into this situation are we yeah. bringing into the situation so yeah. they see who he really yeah. is and i love how you just said that that's really important to just giving helping uh, our children see the the different sides of jesus that he's comforting that he's mm-hmm. strong that he's capable you know i think uh kids deal with fear a lot you know mm-hmm. whether that's fear of the dark fear of a movie they might have seen or just a dark image and we want to be we want to be sensitive to that in our kids, but something that uh, I was having a conversation, Duke was particularly scared about two or three weeks ago. He had seen something uh, on like a scary image or something. I can't remember mm-hmm. where, but it really rocked him to the core. And I remember putting him to bed one night and we're talking and I could just see he was out of out of sorts. And, and we were talking about fear. And I really, you know, those moments when you're talking as a parent, you're like, I don't even know what to say, you yeah. know, and you just yeah. ask the spirit. He saw, he saw that image of Momo. Yeah. Remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah this ugh, it's a terrible thing, but uh, <laughs> we don't need <laughs> okay. to go into it on this podcast. But yeah, and, and it just rocked him to the core. And I remember um, sitting with him and just asking the spirit, you know, and that's the thing. We ask the spirit for help mm-hmm. every single time we sit down with our kids, like yeah. spirit, give us insight because we cannot do this without his help, yes, without exactly. his strength, without his wisdom. And so just asking the spirit what to do. And it was so cool. Like the moment the spirit gave me this just like idea that truth absolutely obliterates fear. And so we just started talking about it. I was like, Duke, let's talk about the truth of this image you saw. That's so wise. So so it was like, what's this truth? The truth is a a Japanese artist designed this thing that's Mm -hmm. not real. It's not a real image. It's a designed image uh, to be a part of a game to instill fear in people. But it's it's not real. It's not actually something that exists in the reality. And I think Jesus helps us see what's real and what isn't. And it was so cool because the truth of telling him like, this wasn't real, truth casts out fear. And so when we, when our kids are afraid, we get to talk about the truth and what truth Jesus brings that you actually are protected. These images or ideas can't harm you because you're protected by Jesus. So that, that phrase has been going over and over in our home to the point the other day when Scarlett and Duke were talking about wanting to watch a particular movie and Scarlett was kind of like, I don't know, that might make me scared. And Duke goes into a complete, I mean, I, I was watching this happen. He goes, well, you know, Scarlett, here's the deal. You know what dad tells you know me what about dad tells fear. Me. Truth, truth <laughs> can help. If you're scared of something, you just need to realize the truth. Those people in Hollywood made this movie to just try to like create a moment of to like intense, to entertain you, but it's not actually real. And it can't actually hurt you. And so I'm just watching this happen in our kids and thanking <laughs> Jesus because it's like, man, there's nothing I came up with. Like, this is just what, who Jesus is in their life. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a real helpful so reminder good. of that. Yeah. So I remember going through an episode with Rebecca when she was in about fourth grade. So, you know, what is that? About 10 years old, probably. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just very, she was ultra sensitive to anything 
having to do with evil or spiritual evil at this time of her life, but she also started having night terrors. Oh, wow. I actually went to the pediatrician and asked him, what is this? This is, this is really, she'd wake up just screaming, but her eyes wide open and obviously living in something horrifyingly and horrifying picture and talked to the pediatrician. He said, this is actually a, not an uncommon time for, mm. um, in, developmentally in a child's life to do that. But the only thing that would calm her was when we would read Psalm 91 to her. She loves this Psalm to this day, and mm. she's a bold, fearless yeah. kind of a woman. So fear is not a part of her character. But um, we read Psalm over over her. We would just put our hands on her. Phil would come in. I would be have rushed in. We'd be holding her. And Phil in his, his deep, rich dad mm. voice <laughs> yeah. would read Psalm 91, um, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty yeah. abyss. This I declare of the Lord, he alone is my refuge, yep. my place of safety. He is my God, and I am trusting him. That, that just You could just feel her just like bone by bone relax wow. in our arms and go back to sleep, rarely remembered it the next morning, mm. it was mm. just some sort of real instinctual response, but um, it it was so effective oh, in yeah. relieving her fear that oh, you can't say nothing bad will ever happen to you because our kids are too smart. It's yeah. like saying yeah. before a it's shot, oh, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, it's untrue. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, that's probably why she likes the song that we wrote together so much. In the shadow of thy yes. wings, I, bet it I is. find my refuge. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, he's a shelter. He's a, and so yeah, she loves that song. She still yes. likes me to sing it to her. You know, as we talk about Jesus being the foundation um, in the home, everything is about him. Yeah. And I and we've a bunch of things have been said. But I kept waiting for Diane to say. I've heard her teach on the box so many times. I I could, I know your lines, <laughs> and you didn't say one of my favorite ones. So Diane that? normally says, "We want to paint a compelling." Yes picture yeah. of who he is and then you quote aw tozer we want them to want him yeah yes. yes. i think there that's really what we're saying that yeah. is thank you that and is that exactly is it. uh today what we want to land on is that jesus is the foundation of this box so stay tuned for the next few episodes as we go through discipline order and the top of the box which is my favorite and uh, which is fun affection and affirmation so stay tuned Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If this was helpful to you, we always encourage you to share it with someone. You can always follow us on Instagram at intentional underscore parents or on our website, intentionalparents.org. And also, if you enjoyed today's episode or it spoke to you in any specific way, would you do us a favor and please leave a review on iTunes? This helps us bring more hope, help, and healing for families. Thank you for listening.